Hey guys, this is Jerome D'Ambrosio from Mahindra Racing. It's another episode of Straight Talk. Uh, it's 11Zs with the engineers. So we're going to speak with the guys behind the success of the team. First of all, which cake do you want? There's chocolate, Victoria sponge, some sort of vegetable concussion and what? coffee. Mm. Who puts vegetables in a cake? The, the Spaniards in the team, they don't look too convinced. Uh, no, I had to discard the one that says vegetable. So. Oh, no. To be fair, carrot cake is pretty good. Let's do a round of the table and let's uh, everyone present themselves, what they do uh, in the team. I think let's start with Pepe. Yeah, nickname Pepe. Uh, yeah, Joseph, performance uh, engineer of Jerome. Uh, yeah, I basically just uh, have to optimize the performance of its car. I'm Alberto, and I'm in charge of the energy and, and the strategy. And I'm Andres. Uh, I'm the race engineer of um, Jerome in the same side of the garage, and I'm think, taking care of mainly uh, of Pepe. That's my... I'm <laughs> 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 trying to avoid mistakes of Pepe. <laughs> Always. Regarding performance. <laughs> uh, I'm Vinit. Um, I was chief engineer up until uh, season five, and now I'm doing some special projects and other work back at Mahindra Base. And I'm Lewis Butler, the technical director at Mahindra Racing UK, so normally in charge of future car projects and homologation deadlines, this kind of stuff. Okay, so I wasn't supposed to host this show, obviously, otherwise this question wouldn't be in. Uh, so what was your reaction when uh, you were told who the two drivers were? <laughs> <laughs> For me, generally positive, because two very different guys, one very experienced in the formula, who proven the fact that he could race very well before, and another guy who we knew had done very well in other championships. So for me, it was good news. It was fine. I, th I think it's not a secret now that we tried to get you before, didn't we? I know. And well, you said neutral. I was playing hard so to get. <laughs> I was playing so, hard to get. So, so were we on the rebound or are you on the rebound? I don't know. I haven't figured that one out. <laughs> still, still working on it with Dillback sometimes. But uh, no, it was, it was it was really exciting from doing the testing and seeing how you were really, really up for driving our car because it was completely different to what you've been used to with your previous team. Um, and yeah, you, you put yourself on a different level straight away. And then with Pascal, it was a little bit of a do we, don't we? Because, you know, somebody coming out of Formula One always has a bit of a reputation. But again, it was like a breath of fresh air. So Yeah, actually went really uh, smooth with that. I was uh, fit with the team pretty well since the beginning. So that was, uh, it was interesting actually for me. You know, like you say, I was coming from a different background and seeing four years starting at the same point, or you can take different directions and focus on different things. Uh, and it was definitely a good thing to, uh, you know, to jump in the car and see how you can do things differently and, and so on. I want to know from my crew now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be last. I'll be. <laughs> I'm thinking if I can say what I'm thinking or... No, no, just say it. Just say it. Uh, I'm, I was extremely happy to, extremely happy to, to get you in the team, you know. <laughs> looking for, I was looking forward. Expecting your... This is way too politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> there must be one guy that was a thought. Oh, no. I, I, I was proposing before to f fire Felix, and then <laughs> I was extremely happy. Thank you. Next. <laughs> Pepe. No, me, uh, quite a uh, quite easy, easy question, let's say. Uh, I think, yeah, so first year, first, first year at the track, uh, obviously working with an experienced driver, I think it's a uh, positive thing from my side. Because obviously you have uh, many things to to bring to the crew, so yeah, for me honestly it was a, a good and positive uh, positive thing to work with you. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, last year we had a, a very strong uh, lineup. So when you change your driver, you, it's obviously you can have doubts while the name of the new drivers are not really known before. And when when we know where they are, it's like okay, we are going to be strong again. So for me, it was a great news to have you guys in. Okay, so um, so with this, uh, the general highs and lows of the season so far, and your Mahindra career. Um, perhaps some race you uh, you want to forget and a race you definitely want to remember. I'd like to forget a season, which was like season one, because it was absolutely bleep, bleep terrible. Um, it was difficult. It was really difficult. Um, and then we obviously did the teaming up with uh, the guys in Campo, stroke now QEV, um, who had won that season and we made immediate improvements. <clears throat> In terms of highlights, yeah, I mean, season three was an, a great end of the season. I wish we'd have had a, a bit of a better start to that season because we, we really pushed so hard at the end and, and came really, really close to almost winning the uh, team's title. We ended up third, but it was really tight and had a lot of double podium finishes. Um, and then, yeah, I think like the euphoria of kind of without sounding disrespectful, the, the kind of unexpectedness of winning in Marrakesh this year was like, from the start of that day to the end, was like almost top and tail because we didn't start the day really that well. Uh, Pascal goes out on turn one, but you took advantage of turn one and then all of a sudden you're like, you're flying in the race. So that was, yeah, that's that's really quite a cool feeling when it comes from almost nowhere. As soon as those two BMW decided to do something stupid, it was like, oh my God. Yeah, I think also for me, definitely, uh, that was the high. But that was the high for a long time. I, you know, it's, you know, when you race at a certain level, you sometimes race for years without having the possibility to fight for the win. It was my case in Formula One and so on. And my last season, I, I mean, GP two had won a race on track was GP two, uh, two thousand and ten. Then it was a bit of Formula One and so on. And I won two races in Formula E, but not exactly on track. So crossing the line in Marrakesh was like. I, I think everyone heard it. Without the radio. It was special. But then there's no, I mean, for me, I know you guys take it, but for me, there's no race I'd like to forget. Um, I mean, you say there's a season, but in the end, it's through these moments that you learn as well, you know, and yeah. that allow you to transform into the next year into a victory or race into a victory. Definitely Hong Kong for us was, if I look at the short term, was an awful weekend for the team, but we've learned a lot that weekend. Um, you know, it was a pity to, uh, to end up the race like that, but you know, it, it, unfortunately it's racing, it happens, but yeah, there's no, uh, there's no moments I, uh, I, I'd like to erase because in the end it's uh, through those moments also that you build, uh, that you build the, the future success. Anything else to add, Alberto, Pepe? Well, um, in my case, I'm, I'm very perfectionist, so uh many times the the relation between Sanya how between Sanya how i high. feel and and the result is not sometimes we can have a very good result but i okay i could have done that better so uh, i still yeah but uh as a high it was marrakesh i think it was a mix of doing everything great with a re- great result so we put everything together jerome made an amazing race and uh, that that felt really really good that was amazing Okay, so let's focus a bit on Sanya. After the race, there were some uh, some Twitter spat between uh, Franz and Degrassi. 
Uh, what was your opinion on that? And Andres, can you talk about uh, Degrassi blocking you on Twitter? Was that straight after Marrakesh or after Sanya? What happened there? It was after Sanya, but I, I cannot understand why. You can follow my Twitter account and didn't I didn't do anything strange. And just, I just, well, maybe I, I was supporting more Frank than Degrassi because, I mean, Lucas is always complaining a little bit on, on, about everything. So um, he was blaming Franks for for pushing him out of the track just in the last uh, second, last lap, I, I believe. But really, Franks was hit by Buemi uh, on the on the on his tail. So I just, I think I, I just did a, a, a like for Franks and said. Uh, I said, uh, Lucas, like, good luck on your complaining, something like that. And I, I got blocked <laughs> immediately. You have to I, be, but, I'm, but I'm proud, huh? really. You I'm have to be a little bit more social media conscious, you know? It's a strong statement to like and dislike and retweet. It's like it has <laughs> a strong impact. A strong, you a can't strong, do that lightly. It's a strong decision. Now I know, but that, strong my, commitment to my, make. My, Audi deal is 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 is, is over now. <laughs> but on the incident, actually, because there's been a few uh, talks about these crazy races and everything. What's your opinion on the? What's your guys' opinion on that? I mean, for me as a as a driver, it has been crazy. I mean, it's been uh, left and right people not being penalized. Looking at that proper incident, incident in the end, Buemi causes a crash, being in position eight throw three cars out of it, uh, gets a penalty that puts him back into P8. So uh, definitely, I mean, nothing against Seb. He's been, he's been like that uh, for a few races now. Um, same with same with Bird, you know. I think that Bird, when you ruin someone's race like that, he should have had to drive through at least and be out of the points. Um, but, I mean, in the end, we're racing drivers, so we're always going to try to make the most out of it. And it's in the end, the, you know, the people that govern us that needs to put on perhaps stronger penalties. You can't blame a driver for 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 pushing and finding the limits. And if he doesn't get penalized, he's going to do it again. And to come back to that incident, it's clearly Bohemi crashed into France. But I think it's, and Lucas not the first, I mean, Lucas created a big mess in Marrakesh in turn one, uh, cost Pascal's race. So he's definitely not an angel in that. But uh, in that incident, I think what he spoke, spoke to him after as well, what he reported is that, you have changes in direction. You have things, the way people drive out there makes things very unpredictable and that causes crash, you know, and if you change directions and everything in places where someone cannot react anymore without having a collision when someone's committed. Do you think it's, do you think it's harder to avoid now because the car has changed from what was a more traditional single seater car to something a little bit more bodywork and enclosed. Do you think it makes a difference? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember the first, uh, you know, with the old cars, you were scared. The first year, you're scared to break the front wing. You're yeah. scared to so break the rear wing. The front wing was very weak. Exactly. Whatever and curb, you could, you could break it. Very, but even, very even the rear of a car or something, you know, the car was much more fragile. And, um, and so it was, it wasn't like these, these cars feels like, Touring cars, you can really lean on people and, and, uh, I've been, and so on. I've been in touring, in World Touring Car Championship for a few years and it, it has been very, very crazy in some point. Um, you know, FIA or stewards made a, like, a, like a change that just penalizing more than, than in the past and it changed completely. So uh, as, as soon as the driver knows that they are not getting 
um, big penalties for for playing on the edge, they do it. It's, it's like natural instinct. And for me, what they we need is just more consistency on, on penalties. Uh, it is not always causing a collision five seconds or ten seconds because, as you said, it's not the same causing causing a collision and um, put uh, put putting the the leader like with Lotter and Bert putting the leader on the wall or out of the points is not the same that causing a collision between P11 and P10. So no, the, the problem is that you could imagine you could find yourself easily at the end of the year, uh, same position as uh, Sam and, uh, and, uh, and Andre, you're 10 seconds leading. If it's a consistent five seconds penalty, you push the guy out, uh, he doesn't finish the race, or you, and you, take, points. Tires, you take points, 10, and you get, eight or oh, well, six you or get whatever, five, yeah. you've got 10 seconds gap, so you get your five second penalty, and then you, you, still, you, still, won, you still win the race. You cannot, what's dangerous is when you give the opportunity to drivers to start thinking about these things. It's actually, I can do it because I've got a gap of X and so I won't, I'll be penalized, but it won't cost me anything. But in the end, it's, I mean, it's easy to say after the race, there's also a show and that's what formerly is so popular. It's, um, it's, it's one of the most popular championship at the moment. It's growing because there's a show. There's been six different winners, uh, five different winning team, different winning teams. I think six different pole seaters as well. Uh, five. I mean, it's ultra competitive and it's entertaining, and um, and you know you don't want to kill that as well. So anyway, it's uh, it's it's not easy to find solution, but yeah, I think at the moment, last two race things have been a little bit uh, that little bit too uh, too crazy. So perhaps not a bad idea to try to get together. I like it when it's crazy because it makes Alberto go red in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, yeah, no, no perfect strategies anymore. No, you're making my life difficult, you know. I'm even, <laughs> even shorter. Even even shorter. Side, we are always, okay, which is the probability of a full Cusiolo safety car? And now it's like, okay, all of my figures are, <laughs> I put it into the wing and start all over again. It's definitely... Um, a hundred percent now it's more like well, when's the red flag coming? yeah yeah <laughs> red flag is within six races with two fl- red, fl- red flag three. 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 three three so it's 50 percent of red flag 100 percent of an event uh, yeah some yeah. interruption yeah. yeah talking about uh the strategy and everything what's the funniest moment you've experienced on team radio jc uh, <laughs> 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 uh I mean, I think every race we have we have something to discuss about you mean funny things on your own radio or I really like radio. I think I think I mean for us, you obviously have there's a communication between me and you, Andres, so driver to race engineers. But then there's a whole lot which people actually probably don't know that much. A whole lot going in the background. I mean, it's uh, it's you know between all the engineers on the intercom, and the outcome of those discussions are filtered by. Uh, by you, Andres, and then you, you, you luckily for you, eh? <laughs> luckily, luckily for, for you, and then you get that out, and uh, and you get that that the right information, you send it to uh, send it to me. But so yeah, I mean, there must be some funny moments behind the scenes, or even with the drivers, you know, some misunderstanding with the language, or I don't know. I mean, if you follow the the radio from from the cheetah, is 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 enough. You don't have competition against another, <laughs> against yeah. them. If if you forget the cheetah, uh, there are. Yeah, some... I, I really like the videos that uh, Formula I release after every race with the highlights of the of the radio. It's 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 a and we had that big moments year, there. Yeah, last year in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> last year in Hong Kong, when there there was a big mess because. 
um, radio communication was failing for everyone and on, on the first race and on Saturday. And then I remember doing the radio check with Felix on the grid and this, this, the, the moment is in the highlight of the it's the opening message of the video yeah it is. <laughs> hello hello felix um radio check can you hear me and he replied no i cannot hear you <laughs> perfectly <laughs> i cannot hear you perfectly one of the good ones and, and yeah looking into into sanya i remember that i told you probably everyone here is, is remember i told you on the in lab I told you to check uh, a certain parameter on the on the yeah. dashboard in the inlap because now you know we have now a new regulation about how to use the brakes in the yeah. in the brake in the in the inlap, and driver has to check a certain parameter in the dashboard. And you replied, "I don't know what you are talking about." <laughs> I replied twice. I said I re I repeated like three times the same. Said, and everybody was was looking and on and each other on the on the table at. How 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 can how how can I spend here hours in the deal? And then he said, "I don't know what are you talking about." I think uh, it was a mix of a certain accent. <laughs> There's a video on the internet uh, about a football coach in England uh, speaking in Spanish English. Oh, yeah. Spanglish. 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 Uh, and basically, that's. Go, I guess go, you go, are complaining. Go, go you check, are complaining go check, about go check, Yeah, go check that that video. And that's my that's Andre speaking to me on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you mean that the fault was on my side? He didn't help. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on, we've, we've all been racing um, for a few uh, few years. Uh, been at the track for a few years. Actually, no, you, Alberto, is, you've been. It's your fourth year in racing. Pepe was born uh, 10 years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you've been racing go-karts and so on. What's been the most fun, the funniest story you've had, you know, traveling around the world? I mean, we do spend a lot of time together traveling around with the mechanics, engineers, drivers. What's the funniest anecdote you've you've had? You can say anything. No, not going so, something that, I mean, we cannot go to prison to, to say in, Whatever crazy crazy story here, but last year wasn't bad with Felix because he was forgetting his helmet in every belt, <laughs> every airport belt of the world. He did it at the first race as well. I think here in he, uh, in he, uh, he did it in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, he left it in the hotel. He did hotel, it in Riyadh. He did it in Riyadh as well this yeah. year. He forgot it on two planes. On two planes, <laughs> two, two connections, <laughs> two, two times for 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 forgetting the. His helmet, and on season three in Hong Kong, he he landed. I think we we met in the in the airport, and you know everybody left the 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 belt, and I saw like uh, you know the like uh, <laughs> the, the classic helmet back, just uh, alone on the <laughs> on the belt, and I took it, I opened, and it was from Felix. You know? <laughs> first race with Mahindra, he did that, and in the last race. On Riyadh, he did uh, in December. I was sitting on the plane side by side with him in the plane, I mean, back to flying back to Europe. And he got um, a message from a um, former engineer of Brema, whatever team, telling him that, hey, what's up? How is life? Um, the thing is that Eduardo Mortara found the helmet of Felix in the security <laughs> control. And Mor Mor Mortara, Mortara had not um, 
his his telephone number. So but he knew Mortara knew that probably that guy, that the engineer from you know five years ago, had the contact <laughs> of Felix. And then Mortara called this guy, this engineer, to tell to tell him maybe you can contact Felix because I have his helmet here in. I, I think was it was in a connection. Of, That's on the way out. Of on the way out. So he, he lost, lost it, it again. Twice yes. On the way every in. Time, but <laughs> he loses every time. I don't understand. And, and but he he does it with only a single helmet. I can understand. I cannot understand. Lucky how. helmet. Like, is, is, it must be lucky. It, it keeps coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he, the the helmet always comes back. I mean, it's here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one. It's that one. <laughs> <laughs> If there's no more stories, um, Alberto, ah, Alberto mine, mine is coming in the near future. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine is, is coming in. York? Mine is coming in New York. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Alberto, yeah. the strategist of the team, yeah. they're very close on Twitter followers. Um, <laughs> and the guy that will come into New York with the biggest amount of, uh, with the least amount of followers, sorry, yeah. will have to jump in the river. Into the hot sun. <laughs> Exactly. So, so but what, when's the, day, the, when's the most the, important when, is the is the, the when's the cutoff date? Is it after the race? I'd, I'd the say race? I'd say that track work. The guy with, with wow, least followers at the track will have to start running and jump into the into the hot sun. We need we need to make sure the cameras are rolling. And yeah, that, be... that will disturb that will disturb the, the, the work. We can't do that. I think right after the race. Checkered flag. And jump. <laughs> Pepe, Pepe, Pepe is here. Well, Pepe will probably be the judge. Podium, podium and then jump. I, I am yeah. the judge. I am the judge. Sure, Pepe will it, be the judge. It will look. It's the first thing you will look sure, at the race. It should be the, it it should be the time that Fan Boost is announced for the race. No, it's the same thing. No, but Fan Boost for one of these two. But did, did anybody see how is that river? Yeah. That's the challenge. <laughs> probably, it, I think it is not water. It is, it is some, it is solid. Well, but do you have to like? I don't actually know the details of that one. Is it like with clothes or? The, the only detail is that we have to do the silly salmon. The, yeah, you have to jump <laughs> doing the silly salmon. This is this is the only rule. Clothes on, clothes on. You decide, but you have to do the silly salmon. Guys, we're gonna picture. Uh, we're gonna send you a picture. Sorry of uh, of these two guys. You can choose <laughs> in the water and uh, and make sure you don't follow yeah. him and follow the other one. <laughs> so moving on to uh, to that, we're gonna go with um, from that we're gonna go with questions. We've got some questions from fr uh, from some fans. Okay, from Remco van Eldik on Facebook. The question is: What is the biggest difference between engineering an electric car or a petrol race car? Biggest difference for me is is the petrol. <laughs> <laughs> ne next, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. I'll do it fully random. But take one. Okay, I'll do it randomly. Oh, for you. No. Uh, there we go. <laughs> do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from Ritesh Jane on Facebook. What is the most challenging thing while dealing with electric race cars? Um, I think you should answer this, Jerome. What's the most challenging thing for you? No, I mean, it's on an engineering perspective. Uh, I mean, on the driver's perspective is that we rely even more on the engineers. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, a, it's a really tough job to rely on these guys. No, I, no. From the, from the, from the, the challenging thing from an engineering point with the electric race car is, is the region. You don't have this in any other form of racing, um, 
even Formula One does it in very, very small amounts. We have to do it in a very different way, and that's the most challenging thing. And that's why Alberto owns a big bunny. You don't think that actually the most challenging thing for, I mean, we're still in the, you know, it's not 20 it's years. In the, in the, There's in no the, petrol. <laughs> it's no, it's not, we're not 20 years in, uh, in, in electric racing. Wasn't it the most challenging is showing up um, and approaching something with absolutely zero knowledge of how it was working, especially four years ago and building and figuring out ways. It's really something, it's not like, you know, you jump into a normal traditional car and you kind of have your basic understanding of, you know, this is what we need to do to make it work. And then you, you get given this car four years ago in Dunnington. And I mean, the first time I was, uh, the first time I was, you remember, I don't know if you remember that, but we were, we thought in the beginning, the first time I drove the car that we were going to manage the energy uh, with reducing the power. <laughs> so I mean it's it's absurd. Of course it was like super slow and actually you were consuming as much because you were just staying way more on power and we couldn't understand what was going on. I mean to me and the engineering perspective as a driver's perspective watching the engineer sitting down and approaching a technology that was completely unknown that must have been challenging. Yeah, we uh we had a few so-called experts at that time giving us advice and you like everyone's trying to give you advice and you're like you don't know which way to start and then you have to start and we did the opposite we just regen the hell out of everything and we cooked at least one battery doing that really really soon in the championship so i think we went the other way but uh yeah now it's the challenge now is still that though is this it's like all of that stuff related to regen and power management yeah it's a lot more known but <clears throat> as we change the rules or go to new tracks it's still unknown you just got to do it better than everyone else mm. problem is everyone else is getting better so we get better question for Pepe 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 hasn't said much today yeah? random random his question I, I, I'm with you since the morning it's 5 a.m. in the morning so I'm... yeah so basically we've been we were testing <laughs> yesterday we are all in the same boat <laughs> we took, uh, with Alberto as well we were testing yesterday we're on uh, we now we flew to uh, we flew to England we're on the sim today and doing this podcast in uh, in between the breaks so Pepe is enough of the driver is that enough the same as you from Alain von Iper. No, but it's a different guy. You should, so you, you can... Alain von Iper on Facebook. What is the influence of the exterior temperature of the on the battery performance? He doesn't know that. He's the first. <laughs> no, <laughs> Come on, take it. <laughs> this something is not... easier for Pepe. Something easier. This is not a question for me. This bothers me all the way. So it's a. Uh... No, well, I, I think it, it, this this question is linked to to the previous uh, comment from from being it. The region is a challenge, and. Uh, the behavior of the water thermally affects the way the region works. So it's about how you optimize everything to be to be as fast as possible during the race. So this is the the real challenge: the the impact of the temperature in the in the region. Yeah, obviously, yeah, there is a yeah. So the ambient temperature has an influence on the on how the battery works, basically. So. What are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, he's choosing your next question. I'm, I'm choosing your next question because Alberto answered for you. So <laughs> this is your your randomly chosen <laughs> your randomly question. chosen question. Oh, name from Raul 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 Singh, I guess Raul Singh. Sorry for the name, but on Facebook. For me, it's really Read clear. Read the question. For me, it's really clear. Read the question. It's the clearest name I've ever seen. <laughs> so, question is. Which one is more difficult, working with drivers or working with the team principal? Oh, <laughs> and only, only Joseph has to answer. <coughs> yeah, Joseph, that's for you because you you 
So, send so, you out a so, question so to Alberto. I have two options. Either I'm 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 basically uh, kicked out from the company, or you just hate me for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, Why are you sweating? <laughs> I would say, if I have to be honest, I would say obviously I'm a lot more closer to to, uh, to the driver than uh, than the team principal. I mean, yeah, Dilbag obviously and uh, and Joan, the team manager. Always there, but uh, yeah, more. I, I would say looking after uh, everybody in the team. Everything is going uh, is going well, etc. But uh, yeah, I would say my main colleague is obviously Jerome. So yeah, I think for me, definitely would be the driver. <laughs> Just trying to make him happy, and this is probably the the most complicated things for things for uh, for some races. But yeah, I think this is also what is interesting, honestly, in the in the in the job. So yeah, driver. You, you, you saved yourself, driver. I guess. Driver, definitely. He escaped. He escaped, I guess. I don't need to answer these questions, I guess. So for you guys. <laughs> Formula E fans on Instagram, uh, what is the purpose of the team doing the track walk at the start of a race weekend? And what are you looking for as you go around? Follow- uh, followers. Good pictures followers. and followers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time in the weekend that the cameras focus on us yeah. and not the yeah. cars and the guys in the I have a special helmets. ability to be out of the pictures. It's like I... I don't do the track. That's course. why I'm gonna That's be why, yeah, yeah, the yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I, my strategy is wrong. I, I have to well, change. I think has a picture of you actually, on Instagram. To win, to win, and this goes back to one of the funniest story memories because it just come back to me. I'm old, so I can't remember much anymore. But I think your video from when you did karaoke last year in New York that will win you a hell of a lot of followers. Uh, I would become influencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that. You know who who has got this video? Me. I thought that I had a joker, but I don't. No, 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 so. no, 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 because the joker is in my pocket. Okay, okay, it's okay. <laughs> guys, we still need to answer these questions a little bit seriously, I guess, because these guys are interested. Um, the track walk actually is a good opportunity to check the track to see if there's any change for last year to for the driver to correlate whatever. Uh, you know, reference point we had from the previous years. Um, so yeah, so it's, it, it, there's a part definitely of fun because on the straight line is like, uh, when, when we walk, there's a part of just being, you know, catching up with engineers and so on. But, uh, yeah, I think it's also something that's quite important. That's why every, every team. Yeah, and the, the tracks are never, even if you go to the same place twice, the tracks are never identical because things change on streets that we don't know about. They may do some resurfacing or they have some bad weather and things change and curbs can move. Even if it's only small changes, it's everything that will be noticed and makes a difference in lap time, right? Who decides when, uh, sorry, it's from Adarsh Nath on Twitter, who decides when attack mode get used Drivers or the team. <laughs> Theoretically, as the team, we are looking into certain gaps and certain strategy parameters to to send the driver in or not. Uh, but the the last update on the gaps um, with the cars in front of behind, which is the 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 the, the thing to to decide the final the final parameter to decide. Um, the final update is from the driver. I mean, I can see the how is the gap with the car in front or behind. Tell him to tell to your own go to attack mode now, and but then he can make a mistake in whatever corner, lose, losing three, four tenths of gap, and, and then he has to dismiss my instruction or the other way around. And he can see that, let's say that we set um, two seconds of gap 
to send him to the <clears throat> attack zone, but he can see in the mirrors the the car behind making a mistake and opening Mog up and just making a, a last moment movement. And this is the way that we we try to work with with um with the the main thing is the driver has to be informed um on the on the threshold on this on the main to 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 give him the big picture of the of the moment to make him make him able to decide in the last moment. Okay. So from Shivavsk96 on Instagram, will we see a point where aerodynamics becomes integral to Formula E? So I guess I can answer this in two two ways. So first way, first way is the cars do have some aero, but the key point is that it's fixed specification for everybody to a big extent. So in other typical Formula where the cars are quite open, so for example, for Formula One is the obvious one, and also in uh, Le, Mans, Le Mans prototype racing, you're free to do basically anything you like with the shape of the car within certain regulation boxes. We're not really free to do that. We're given the bodywork shapes. So all we're trying to do is understand what we have and then optimize around that what we can do. So the constraints are quite different, but obviously there's still load produced by the car in a way that does increase performance and then affects performance by the drag that it produces when it gets pushed through the air. So it's kind of a a two-way question, but ultimately it does already influence performance, but everyone has the same parameters to work with. Uh, And ultimately there isn't any, any plan at all in the next six years i think at least to open up completely the aero in formula e for exactly the reason that it means it's quite close competition because what's typically been found in the past is if you open up the entire car on the aero side it ruins the racing for the drivers as is clear to see in f1 which they're now trying to undo and then having a disaster of a time trying to do it and it's really hard work and costs many millions of pounds to do it whereas in this formula you can follow quite closely as is evidenced by all the crashing that goes on every weekend which is just not possible with the other cars with the high error. So it's trying to minimize the wake and allow the cars to do their job without making the drag so low that you just can't use them anymore. So for me, not much error development at all. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I think I, I agree 100%. <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. And these cars are really difficult to drive because, and uncomfortable to drive because you don't have aero. Um, the more aero you have, in a way, the easier the car gets to, 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 uh, to drive. In Formula E, you know you'll make a mistake in the race you'll make you never get the hundred you know it's very difficult to get a perfect lap in quality and all these challenges and you speak with all you know all the other drivers some of them been racing formula one some have won le mans prototypes big cars all of them agree to one thing is there's not one car that they've driven uh, before that is so emotionally draining because every (laughs) corner you feel like you're gonna hit the wall (laughs) in your survival mode and so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's thanks to very low downforce and other other part. Okay, so <laughs> from Yash Parikar on Twitter, uh, how much caffeine do you have every day? This is a question for Andres. Twelve. 12, 12, uh, coffees. 12 coffees. 12 coffees. 12 coffees is... But you moved to decaf at one point, right? Yeah, from 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 the 6th or 7th, I moved to the to decaf. It's yeah. a strategy. Yeah, and, that, and a I, tradition, I, and a tradition. The, the, the great one. The great one. The great one. So the tradition we have, uh, we have uh, to finish uh, before we're finishing the talk. We've got a little tradition that actually carried over with uh, from Felix because you were doing that with Felix as well. Yeah, he was quite as sleepy, so <laughs> so I started to to bring a couple of coffee coffees to to the grid, and I I kept it as a tradition. The coffee on the grid. I like it. I was doing it before as well. So that's it for another episode of uh, Straight Talk. Remember to subscribe and comment. 
Thanks for joining us and see you next time.